Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. Do you know what just gets me going? What is it today? You. Me? That's it. Welcome to Fireproof Your Retirement, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite financial talk radio show, Fireproof Your Retirement. I am your host, Michael Markey. With me today, assisting me, she's the assist of the show. Assistant. Oh, Vanessa Markey. Hi, everyone. So... If you are here to assist, does that make you assist? I'm an assistant. Hmm. Not like the pus-filled, gooey thingy? That's a cyst. Oh. Not you know an assist. Who, you know who's never had an assist? LeBron James. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, anyway, this is the show. I mean, it's our hope. It's our goal. It's our passion. We want to remove wedges created by money in relationships. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with me that a lot of people worry about money in a way they don't have to? Correct. And it's not big changes. Right. That they have to make. Not typically. It's a change of their focus. Now, is it the Dave Ramsey, you got to do your debt-free scream? No. Are there debt-free people who are scared, worried, fight about money? Yes. Sure. Because, you know, there's a formula that I subscribe to. No money plus no debt still equals? No money. Bro, okay. Because think about it. There's a lot of millennials living in their parents' basement. They've paid off the student loans. They've got no money. They've got no debt. They've got no drive. That makes them a... Rhymes with shamennial. Millennial. <laughs> anyway. So I make fun of millennials. I'm on the tail end of that or the beginning end, whichever side you want to call that. Beginning end. But I have to give millennials here some props. So today's show, do, are we going to do that today? Are we going to do what we talked about last night? Giving millennials props? No. The subject. I mean, yes. it is... Yes. We've been nervous about it. Well, if we don't, then we don't have any content for today. So, so we better go this direction. Right. That's what those eyes were telling me. Right. Well, so in our prep, I found an article about Forbes. By Forbes, not about Forbes. Oh, right. So, by Forbes. And it said... That millennials, well, that it's a common misconception about marriage in the U.S. in that millennials have a higher divorce rate than previous generations. Okay. In fact, I put that emphasis, 
Millennials are actually divorcing at much lower rates than those of similar ages in the 1970s, 1980s. Hmm. We have found something we're better at. Staying married. <laughs> we have no jobs. We have no savings. But we're married. But we got each other. So today's show, well, this show is all about finance. What do you right. think is the single most derailment of retirement? Divorce. Right before retirement. retirement. So we found this clip. I like to play at least some audio clips. I've been told right. that maybe it doesn't quite fit with what we're talking about, but I think it does. Okay. I think we've got a culture of, let me back up. Last night, we were talking about trajectory events. Mm -hmm. Now, what trajectory event did I give you? The one when we met? Well, when we met the second time. Oh, when I decided to go out with you again, I guess. Well, you gave me the signs. Okay, anyway. You, you texted me. So, I don't think a lot of people know this story. We went on three or four dates. And he was a turd. I was not. I already had a child. And you made some type of derogatory comment like essentially you would eat your firstborn now me being a single dad hearing you will eat your firstborn meant this is not a good fit he wasn't my firstborn so. <laughs> so i took that as we need to stop this shenanigans right and then i gave you a butt out hug as we left the restaurant because i am bad at hugging I'm terrible it's I, awful i should take like a hugging course if they had that no like really like Turn the head sideways, maybe sidearm hug. Uh, okay, we made contact. I'm a millennial. I'm weird. Anyway. So around my birthday, you texted me to say happy birthday, which I took as... I was being nice. I want to have a date with you again. That's what I took that as. That's how that was translated anyway, into guys speak. Continue. So we go out. You decide to allow me the privilege, the pleasure of taking you out one more time. Mm -hmm. We go to a hockey game. Mm -hmm. You wear like three foot heels. They were five inches, but okay. You were the tallest person Don't in that care. arena. Don't care. Anyway. So you we, didn't feed me. What? How? We didn't eat dinner. There's dinner at the... Uh, we didn't get food. It was dollar beer, dollar dog day, and you bought the dollar beers. We didn't eat any food. Really? Yes. I don't remember that I part. was so hungry. Maybe because I didn't have food, so I don't remember. <laughs> right. So we go to a friend's house, and we play games. We're just hanging out. Right. And you go to leave. And I let you... I shouldn't say I let you leave. This wasn't like <laughs> that weirdo in Columbus, Ohio that, you know... I let her out the door. <laughs> I let her leave. Don't I sound like a 1950s male? But so you... It's that time. It's That's that time of night. It's maybe 11 o'clock. You go, I got to get on the road. You walk out. I stayed in there. I might have said bye or whatever. And I don't know how long you'd been out there. And in my mind, it feels kind of like a lifetime. It was... I was still walking to my car. You're a, I think you were slow walking. You were doing the little choppy steps going, come outside, come outside, come Not outside. Not necessarily. Anyways, you're dragging this out. So I come outside. I hadn't kissed you goodnight. Right. And we had never kissed before. Right. You were about to leave, and I call this a trajectory event because I walk out there and I just, I think I even asked you because I was nervous if I could kiss you. Probably. And what's the point of this? The point here is that it's almost as if in our culture, we tend to say everything will always work out. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do something you should have or you wanted to or whatever it may be, it's like the world will still work out. It'll still mold the way it should have. Right. But a trajectory event means that moment in time changed everything. Right. 
do we go on another date if I don't come back outside, chase you down, run, chase you down the road to get you to stop, roll down your window to give me a kiss? I mean, we might have, but I don't know. I don't think so. Because you've even said that before. Yeah, that's true. That it would have seemed like I wasn't interested. Right. Trajectory events, they they just change the path we're on. That moment in time, that little, tiny, two-second first kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh was a trajectory event. Can you imagine how great life would be had that not kidding? I mean <laughs> hey, I could hey, be sitting uh, uh, I could be sitting by the beach right now. Trajectory events. And today's show is going to all be all about um what happens if we get divorced. Mm-hmm. So this is a pretty good segue right here. Mm-hmm. And we're a little early for our first break, but I say we take it. We've got a movie clip that'll kind of highlight what we're talking about today yes it's one of your favorite movies actually it is i haven't watched it in a while i need to surprising but you love this movie yes some might say you're even crazy about this movie oh i'm getting it foreshadowing that's your hint what movie is it you'll find out after the break Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1,300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we cover during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. And now, back to Fireproof Your Retirement with Mike and Vanessa Markey. Welcome back to segment two of Fireproof Your Retirement. So Mike tried to give us a hint hint as to one of my favorite movies. And I gave you my Ryan Seacrest outflow, outgo. What would that be? Cliffhanger. Not the movie with Sylvester Stallone. Right. Um, Anyways. Teaser. There is a clip from Crazy Stupid Love, and I don't know if any of you know this movie, but basically it starts out with the lead characters are getting a divorce. They've been married for 20-some years, and they are now getting a divorce. And this is a point of life where, you know, when we started talking about this show, where we see it so often. And I guess in our in our practice, I don't see it a lot. Um, but it's this time in life where the divorce rate just spikes. Correct. From 1990, I think this was according to CNBC, but from 1990 to 2014, for people over the age of 50, Mm -hmm. how much do you think the divorce rate went up? 25%. Go higher. 50? Reach for the stars. 75? You're going to really sequential order here. (laughs) One more time. 90? What? You went 25, 50, 75. Then who changes that up? It goes 90. And well, then, like, and the, then, next, the next level is 100 and in then that you, sequence. And then, and then you make pretty eyes. You're like 90. Blink, blink, the, blink, ne- blink. the next Yes, next it was 100. Like- it doubled. It was 100% increase from 1990 to 2014. Those over age 50 got divorced. Wow. Double the rate. 
You want to know how to lose halfway yet? Get divorced. Yeah. You want to know how to double your retirement? Get divorced. Don't no, get don't get divorced. <laughs> you're you're really good at this today. All right, let's get to this. Let's get to the movie clip. Who told you that Emily and I are getting divorced? Amy heard you crying in the bathroom. We all thought it was cancer. Oh, thank God, man. Yeah, just my relationship. <laughs> thank God. Oh, oh. Divorce. I'm so lucky. You are. I have to go pick out furniture now. Okay, okay. You go for it. <laughs> it could have been cancer, buddy. Hey, everyone, it's just a divorce. All right, buddy. So... I mean, the purpose of that is that people look at, you know, getting a divorce as it's no big deal. It's just a divorce. It's not, you know, whatever, but it can have huge impact on your retirement that people don't realize. And there are some people who just don't work together. Right. And it's not going to happen. Yeah. This isn't like if you get a divorce, you're dumb and you're never going to make it through retirement because there are circumstances where absolutely you better walk out that door. And maybe there's times that it's just too far gone. Right. I mean, tell this story. Is it okay? Can we use the story about your parents that you and I talked about yesterday? Yeah, I don't care. I mean, they don't listen to the show. <laughs> they might now. No, I mean... <laughs> and not after this show. <laughs> no, my parents, there were five of us. Mm-hmm. They got pregnant before they got married. They were 20. Well, you didn't have to give that part away. Well, I mean, it's, it's very common. Half of my friends' parents had that, and half uh-huh. my friends' parents are divorced. Right. So they got married really young. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have time to just be them. Right. I mean, it was like, boom, kid. And then like six months later, boom, boom kid. kid. No, they have five kids. So for the first 30 years of their marriage, mm-hmm. there's kids. They started a business. They did. I mean. Then there's sports. Right. Their mm-hmm. lives revolved around my brothers playing basketball. They traveled all the time. They didn't. I can't tell you when they ever really went and did them. Right. There was like one or two anniversaries, like big ones, 10 year, 20 year, that they went for a long weekend somewhere. And some of it's time. Correct. But some of it's money. Right. And we didn't have a whole lot. They mm-hmm. started a business. So when my youngest brother, well, I can't really say that he finally graduated, but when he got to that age where, you know, 13, 14, 15, you don't want to hang out with your parents. Right. It was like literally my parents got up, went to work, came home can't say that they were fighting a ton but they just didn't it was like there was no so i anything i met them when youngest was In just about school. to graduate yeah. high school mm-hmm. and it was at the point where they had basically become two lives right and your mom kind of had and it was the and it was this point in life that we have really kind of cur- from a curious standpoint studied mm-hmm. with this age group because it was a point in life where money was actually becoming easier Correct. Income had increased. Mm-hmm. Outflow to kids had decreased. Significantly because we went to private school. And now there was the ability to maybe have fun and buy clothes you couldn't buy. Right. Or buy tools that you couldn't buy. Right. Or work on a boat you shouldn't work on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or go to the casino. They like to go to the casino for some reason. Yeah. But they. <laughs> but that actually isn't a bad thing because they do it together. Right. But, but yeah. even there's a great example of a... What you could say is a together activity, mm-hmm. but is it really? Because now they do oftentimes, because I've seen them at these type of places, they're sitting right next to each other. They're right. joking with the dealer right next to each other. Mm-hmm. But don't some people go and one's at this machine and one's all the way over here? Correct. That's all the time. 
So that's not together then. Right. You you went, you drove there together. You carpooled. And then you... You carpooled. Right. That's all it is. And what about going out to eat? I, I mean, mean, we talk about sometimes there's not money. I mean, what I want to focus on, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. What I want to focus on is how can we rekindle this thing? Mm-hmm. How can we make sure that the flame is still there? Right. And I would argue if money is already a wedge... That spending more of it will make the wedge bigger. Correct. There's a lot of relationships where one person's kind of in charge of the bills. Right. And that's hard. It's a lot of responsibility on one set of shoulders. Right. And, you know, I kind of thought about this, and I've known other people who are really good at working out, really good at dieting, really good at watching what they eat and keeping their weight under control. Mm -hmm. And so randomly, we kind of asked somebody who was similar. We said... They, they were kind of sharing that same thing. We go, yeah, our trainer does that. They watch every day. Do, do you do that? And they're like, well, yeah. Why? Well, that way it never really runs away from me. Huh. Now, this person was struggling with money, though. Right. So we asked. Do you check your bank account every day? And what'd they say? Well, no. Why would I do that? I know what, I know what my credit cards are at. I have, a pretty good, I have a pretty good idea what my bank accounts are at. It doesn't change that much per day. And it was like this dumbfounded look I think we both gave to them. Right. And they're like, what? Your money's getting away from you, you, and you're struggling. You're really good at weight loss and making sure you're really fit and know right where you're at. Couldn't you not weigh yourself for three days and still know where you're at? Yeah, probably. And so if you're struggling with your marriage and struggling with having that relationship, is it easier not to deal with it? Yes. It's just easier to be like, well, I just don't want to face the music or get into an uncomfortable situation where I actually have to face it. Is it easier then to... Throw yourself deeper into the relationship with the kids then? Yeah. The kids' stuff or maybe your work, your job? Mm-hmm. But there's going to be a point in time where kids are out of the house. Right. I hope. Right. I mean, we can't keep pumping out millennials forever. No. Eventually, they leave. Mm-hmm. Well, and the whole point of this is not that there aren't certain circumstances or situations where you should get a divorce. Like, there legitimately are. Right. Like, you... Who cares? Maybe, Walk out yeah, the door. Maybe somebody beats you with These, a hanger so you can't see the marks. Michael. Do you know how I know that? Your dad told me. How weird is that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my dad does not beat my mother. Anyways. That we know. <laughs> he doesn't. Because Lori's got claws. She, she fights back. Him, yes. I, he may. She <laughs> probably just anyways, gets anyways, the whole point of this is, is there are so many people who get to that point 25, 30 years down the road where they don't have anything in common anymore, and they just look at it and they go, they kind of just fell out of it mm-hmm. and they just go we don't want to try anymore so they don't have any anger or angst towards the other person there's just nothing there true but there's a lot of people that we've seen at this point in life and when it goes that direction emotions come up right it, it, it's I mean, not angerless anymore right if you decide to proceed in that direction it can get angry it can right. get ugly but the reason for the divorce wasn't because of an affair, some huge issue right. or whatever. It was just a, we fell out of love. Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to talk about a sure proof, a fireproof, a fireproof way to double what you have in retirement when we come back. Retirement today looks much different than it has in the past, but it doesn't have to. New Generation Retirement Planning offers a holistic approach to preparing for your golden years. You are invited to a complimentary social security workshop to learn how you can utilize this holistic approach to retirement planning. 
For times, location, and to reserve your seat at one of these workshops, call Legacy Financial Network at 855-LF-NETWORK or visit us at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com to learn more. And now back to Fireproof Your Retirement with Mike and Vanessa Markey. Welcome back to the final segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. So today we're talking about the big D, and I'm not talking about the defense. What? What was that face for? I didn't think you were going in that direction. So anyways. And why are we doing it, though? Because it's important for retirement. It's a surefire way to to end up with half. And right. should you stay married for financial reasons? No. But I do believe just from people. You know, I, I don't know. This was a show we struggled with putting on. But we just felt really compelled mm-hmm. that we need to talk about it. Right. And I think money makes this worse. Right. I mean, no amount of money saves a marriage. No. But doesn't the lack of money make it harder? Yeah, it can. I think it always does. I mean, if you're broke, things are... They say, well, money's the root of all evil, and without money, you'd be fine. Yet, I find a lot of broke people are really worried and really stressed, and stress equals unhappy. Right. Can, at least. So, what are some things, now that we're, we've gotten all this out... What are some things? What do you want to share with us? What What are some things that people can do? I mean, going to a movie is not very expensive. Should the, Is that how to rekindle the flame? No, because you don't get to talk to each other. It's not an activity that you're doing together. But when you were dating, when you were kids, you went Because to all movies. you wanted to do is sit in the back room and make, or back row and make out. Well, maybe for unscrupulous individuals <laughs> like you. Glad I didn't meet the young <laughs> Vanessa. The willy-nilly Vanessa. <laughs> okay, yes, because I was super willy-nilly. No, it's not, you are not interacting with somebody at a movie. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm just giving and you a hard time. When you were kids, you'd go to an hour and a half movie and then you'd go do something else right. with your friends. So you were still interacting later yep. on. And again, you were kids. Like, so there's an example. Sometimes act like you're a kid. Don't right. be so serious, but get some friends. Right. It, have, I mean, it can be as simple as night. on a Saturday working together in the kitchen and cooking together, mm-hmm. making a dinner together. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, you could even go, if money is tight, you can go to Redbox, get a dollar movie. You can go to Walmart, right. get Time a $3 out. bottle Pause. of wine. You you got to share. I mean, one of your favorite, not that this is about us, but one of your favorite things that we really ever did, it was while we were, I think, engaged, but was when we went yes. to Redbox and what did we get? We'd rent one or two movies. But it was Redbox and your bucket of margaritas. Yeah, we did that one time. It might one have been day, more, uh, we might once? have rented more than two movies too, because we spent all day drinking margaritas a on of a mar- guac. Yep, <laughs> and we sat on the couch and watched movies. It was Cinco de Mayo in like August. It was fantastic. But it's simple stuff like that. You are still interacting. You are still hanging out. Go take a cooking class. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how expensive those are. Well, yeah, you do. We looked at it at the break. 30, well, I mean, we saw them 30, 40 bucks a person. Yeah, so that is a little expensive. Right, So, but it's an activity. You are doing something together. Go for a walk. Right, it can be as simple as that. Put the cell phone down. Right. There's an old Chinese proverb that, I mean, has been one of the most impactful things in our lives, but it says, be where your feet are. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I work a ton. I'm not home a lot, and nope. I wish I were, but I'm not. I mean, Monday through Friday, not there. Nope. You're like a single mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can I can uh, vouch for that, yes. But 
I really try to be when I'm home to be home. Right. You typically don't have your phone by you. In fact, I lost it today and I need to go find it. <laughs> this might be the best weekend ever. Or <laughs> I'm going to be like, you need to go find your phone to go deal with your stuff. <laughs> but so this is, I mean, the idea here is ways to rekindle. I, I feel like we should have spent more time on that. But, you know, the analogy we talked about last night was when you fire up your furnace mm-hmm. in the fall, you have the furnace guy come out. Well, most people do. You don't anymore. All right. One year we skipped it. And that's, be- yeah, we're not going there. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. It's because of this. We bought a foreclosure. It's got two furnaces. I don't want two, but here's what, and we replaced one. Here's here's how it goes every year. And they, oh, they double the charge too. Like they have double the work. That's a bunch of baloney. Here's how it goes every year. First 20 minutes, he looks at the new one. Well, it looks pretty good. Yeah, it's two years old. Right? It looks pretty good. It's, it's operating efficiently. Great. This other one, it's, it's 40 years. It's really, it's past its life expectancy and you should replace it. Is there anything wrong with it? No. Is it leaking carbon monoxide? No. Why should I replace it? Well, it's just outside of its life expectancy. I'm not going to replace it. Okay, well, here's the $85 bill for me to just tell you you should have gotten a new one. That's why. Rant over. Anyway, you do periodic checkups on stuff. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do a periodic checkup on your relationship? How about finance wise i feel i see so i get people all the time who they'll come in and a lot of times it's the husband and i'm not sure why i feel like this has changed because i feel like there was a time where the um wife was really in charge of the household budget a lot okay but i get a lot of time so if the wife's in charge of the household budget here's what i find the man the husband will still be at our meetings okay but if the husband's in charge of everything and we go well where's mary how come you didn't bring mary with you You'll say, well, I take care of everything, so Mary didn't want to come. She finds this boring. First of all, why are you talking for Mary? Right, it's something that's important that the two of you need to be in on together. But they do. We split this role up a lot. And here's where that creates this wedge, because there's a level of optimism I think most people have. Mm-hmm. So if income goes down a little bit, or we have a little spike in expenses, and the credit card balances go up a bit, we tend to have this optimistic as we said earlier about trajectory events, that we are optimistic as people to just say, it'll still work out. Right. The movie clip. Hey, everyone, good news. It's not cancer. Right. Like, I guess that's an optimistic way to look at it. But clearly he's still devastated that his relationship is over. Right. And so putting all that responsibility on one out of the two of your, out of the two of you shoulders, that's stressful. Right. And maybe they're going to make some decisions that you wouldn't have made. Right. But then you know what happens? You left it all to Bob or you left it all to Mary. And then they make a decision you wouldn't have made. And then you're mad about it. Right. And then here, here's what I got. Why would you have done that? Well, why weren't you at the meeting? Yeah. I mean, let's back up the guilt train here. You gave it all to me. You told me to make all the decisions. It didn't go right. Now you want to be mad at me. That's not how this works. Right. When we screw up, this is why you should do it together. You screw up, it's both your fault. It was a group effort. <laughs> okay, well, it's but hopefully, working as a team. Right. That's the whole point. So if you're not reviewing finances with the team, then it's not a team. And if you make money a singular event, then first, you can't blame one when it doesn't go right. Right. And second, you're taking one of the biggest responsibilities. It's your ability to stop working at some point, mm-hmm. to be able to retire to be able to pay the house off, to pay for the kids' college funds if you haven't ever listened to this show. Right. And you're going to leave that up to one? 
And then you wonder why they're stressed. Mm-hmm. And you wonder where the divide started. Trajectory, events, moments in life. There are some things that lead us down a path that we don't recover from. Mm-hmm. Finance for a couple is a couple's role. Review it. Be on the same page. You can only be on the same page if you both know where you're at. Mm-hmm. Review the Review the credit card statements. Review the retirement statements. Do things together. Don't stay together for money. But the biggest drought, killer, derailment to a retirement is to split the little that you do have. And I don't mean that negatively because it's already not quite enough. Mm-hmm. It already won't feel like quite enough. You want to know how to mess this thing up? Split it. Split it in half. Actually, it's more like take two-thirds. Where's the other third go? A lawyer. Yep. Give two lawyers one-sixth each, and you two can split the two-thirds that are left. Right. Or go out on a date. Look at each other in the eye. Smile. Laugh. Cry. Or if you're Mike, whip a towel at you while you're working out, or a ball, or... I submit to the pestering style. I agree. But until next week, we are your humble hosts. This has been another episode of Fireproof Your Retirement. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.